You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order, and we have a lot to cover. I know I didn't get a shout-out on Friday morning. I apologize. I was on PTO from my full-time job and was busy and just couldn't get around to it. I do apologize. It is nice to sometimes take a break. I wish I could have given you a better heads up. So apologize there, but we are back today. A little bit delayed again. Uh, I'm still on PTO, but I will be delivering you shows every single day this week. And we are coming off of two Iowa basketball wins. Huge stuff there. Double-digit wins over two Big Ten teams. Taking out Maryland 89-67 to on Thursday, which was a very interesting game to watch, especially uh, early on, got a little bit concerning. And then Iowa also took down the Minnesota Golden Gophers in a revenge game, 86-71 to yesterday. We're going to be talking about those two games, what we learned, what is good and what is bad going forward, and where the Hawks currently lie right now at this point. We're also going to be talking a little bit of women's basketball. Uh, Caitlin Clark is absolutely crushing it, which we all know, but how how well is she doing compared to the rest of the nation? We'll talk about that on today's show. And we're also going to get into some NFL and college football notes as well. So let's kick it off there, actually. We'll, we'll touch on the basketball piece on the last two segments. Let's kick it off with some of the NFL news. Uh, first and foremost, Congratulations to all the Iowa Hawkeyes who advanced in the NFL playoffs, especially Adrian Claiborne with the Browns, Austin Blythe and Jake Javas with the Rams, Ike Butker, Micah Hyde, AJ Epineza with the Bills, and Tristan Werps and Anthony Nelson with the Buccaneers. Um, Adrian Claiborne is the one I really want to focus on mostly because the Browns haven't won a playoff game in my lifetime. And Adrian Claiborne, one assist and two QB hits, um, getting his job, doing his job well against the Pittsburgh Steelers to allow the Browns to advance. And I say my lifetime, I mean since the Browns have come back, I should say. Also on that note, Brandon Sheriff named to the AP NFL All-Pro first team. Honestly, feel like Tristan Wirfs could have been on there as well, but um, he is going to be there for quite some time, putting together one of the most, if not the most impressive rookie season for a tackle we have ever seen. He is a guy who honestly should be considered as Offensive Rookie of the Year, but since that is an award that only goes to skill position players, it's not going to happen. However, it should, is my personal opinion. On the college football front, Eli Sanders, the running back out of Arizona, the former Boise State commit, is visiting Iowa on 115. And the Iowa guys, as we talked about last week, are hot on his trail. Uh, I know Arlen Bruce is, is messaging him quite a bit, so awesome stuff there. On the flip side of that, um, whereas we're looking at the guys that are coming in, Iowa State is looking at the guys who are returning, and they are returning a lot of players heading into next season. Should make for a very fun Cyhawk series game, which uh, which will be interesting because, again, they return Brock Purdy, Charlie Kohler. Um, Brees Hall just is returning naturally because he isn't able to leave. Um, so that'll be a little fun. That'll be a lot of fun watching that. For us, the guys that are leaving, Jack Heflin heading to the Hula Bowl, accepted his official invite. I am going to be going to the Senior Bowl. Hopefully, maybe he can uh, parlay that into a Senior Bowl invite as well. Um, but right now, Alaric Jackson's the only Iowa Hawkeye going to Senior Bowl, which I'll be covering him down there in Mobile at the end of the month. And Davian Nixon officially became a unanimous All-American, the ninth in Iowa history. So congratulations to Davian Nixon there. 
Moving towards the basketball front, Tyler Cook is heading to the Iowa Wolves. So once they're, you know, allowing more fans in the stands, you can go watch former Iowa great Tyler Cook perform for the Iowa Wolves. Um, get in while it lasts because uh, there's a good chance he'll end up back in the NBA sooner rather than later, um, making kind of a name for himself in, in terms of being a, a bench player and bringing that energy off the bench. But with the Wolves expecting to be more of a scorer and more of an all-around player that we haven't had to see since, since Iowa. Now, moving over to the women's basketball side, they fell to Northwestern 77-67 to um, on Saturday. They have number 16-ranked Ohio State coming into town January 13th this Wednesday. Ohio State currently undefeated. A great opportunity for Iowa to get a win under its belt against a prominent team at Ohio State. They've done a great job of taking care of business against some of the lower teams, um, but haven't had a chance to really jump over that hump yet with some of the top teams in the Big Ten. But when you look at it, what is really impressive is the core of players they have, and specifically Clayton Clark. We've talked a lot about this, but Caitlin should be a – should be one of the favorites for National Player of the Year and undoubtedly Big Ten Player of the Year as well. Currently fourth in the nation in points per game at 26.4. She's the only freshman in the top 32. She's also eighth in the nation in assists per game, the only freshman in the top 15. Monica Chinano is third in the nation in field goal percentage at 68.8. And again, it's impressive what we're seeing Caitlin Clark do and just remembering that she is a true freshman leading this team. This is, this is not a bad Iowa basketball team. This is not like out of necessity. This is because Caitlin Clark is just really that good. This is the kind of player who could win multiple Big Ten Player of the Years and try to get her name on that women's basketball Mount Rushmore. right? I mean, that's how good she is. Um, if you have an opportunity to watch this women's basketball team, I highly recommend you do it because you don't want to miss out on this. Um, just like we're seeing with the men's basketball team and Luca Garza, um, greatness doesn't just come around every single year. And you want to be able to see that and remember those experiences, especially on that women's side when we don't get as many um, nationally televised games. Try to check out the women's basketball team and support them as much as possible. I know we all wish we could be in Carver and rocking Carver for them, but we cannot. So by default, we got to watch it on TV and make sure we're giving them you know, the clout they deserve. Coming up on segment number two, we're going to dive into the Maryland and the Minnesota win and also talk a little bit about what is the ceiling for this team. I think people's impressions and opinions have really changed over the last couple of weeks because this team is winning in, in a variety of different ways, which gives you a lot of hope as to, you know, could this team win a national championship? Um, our very own Paramount Sports, Lee Sterling, who's on Locked On Bets every single day, he believes they can. So we're going to talk about all that on segment number two and segment number three. So stay tuned with us for that. But as I said, I mentioned Lee Sterling. I mentioned Locked On Bets. And he's getting these lines, these national odds from betonline.ag. It's your online premier sportsbook website. So right now, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And do not forget to use our promo code Locked On. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Right now, we have the NFL playoffs going on. We have college basketball. Uh, tonight, we have the national championship. NHL is kicking off. The NBA. There's so many sports going on. There's only one place that has you covered and only one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. They have literally odds on almost anything. And if there's an odd that you want that you don't see, just let me know, and I'll try to get that in for you as well. They want to customize as much and make this as, as amazing of a user experience as possible. But right now, national championship odds for Iowa is plus 1,400. That's right. 
Put in a couple bucks, you might get $7,200 back. So check out betonline.ag. Make your bets right now if you want to get on the Iowa train while they're hot. And again, do not forget to sit on the sidelines because you can get in on the action right now. Put a little money, extra money in your pocket with betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And I know I talked about betonline.ag, but make sure to check out Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast app. Let's get into our basketball talk, though. As I said, Lee Sterling thinks Iowa has an opportunity to win a national championship, which we all do, but after that Minnesota loss on Christmas Day, left kind of a sour taste in our mouth. However, it seems like it left a sour taste in Iowa's mouth as well because they came out and would not let Minnesota get back in the game yesterday, even though it looked like there was a chance after Minnesota uh, took down a basically a 22-point lead, I believe, to five points. Um, it looked like they could possibly be making a comeback. Iowa said not a chance, and it sounds like there was a little bit of a trash talk as well. And Jordan Bohannon even mentioned, he said, you know, they talked some trash when they were walking out of the, the court last time, and they wanted to get a win today. They wanted to make sure they got it done. So we're going to basically go back to the Maryland game, talk a little bit about the Minnesota game, and then give you the ceiling for this team. And I think most of it's going to be ba- main takeaways, right? I know you've already talked about the Maryland game. I know you've probably done some research on it. You watched it yourselves, or if you didn't, you've already done looked at the box score, all that fun stuff. But what really impressed me about the Maryland game was the fact that Two of our top four players, I'm going to say Joe Wieskamp, CJ Frederick, were really struggling. Maryland got off to a hot start, and honestly, it looked like it could be a really bad game. As you may know, anytime you go on the road in the Big Ten, it can be a little bit rough. Iowa gets down 17-7, to and then they switch it up a little bit. They go Joe, Toussaint, J-Bo, Patrick, Luca, Connor, and all of a sudden, we're seeing a little bit of a comeback here. That's pretty darn impressive. Then you get another lineup change. It's now Jack Nungy, Patrick McCaffrey, Joe T, Connor McCaffrey, and Keegan Murray. Iowa's down seven. They bring in those guys, and they go on a freaking run. So they go up 21, up to 21 points, sorry, with a an amazing Patrick McCaffrey drive to the basket, which again, if you don't like Patrick McCaffrey, you need to watch what he's actually doing. He's not, not all of his drives are following, but the fact that he's able to drive does create a mismatch and an opportunity on the offensive side for Iowa because we don't typically have those kind of players that are going to be able to drive and get to the basket as easily. But again, Iowa goes on a huge 18-0 and run with this group of guys, with the backup players. They brought in our bench players and go on a run, and that says there's two things you can take away from that. A, Iowa's incredibly deep, and they're deep for the long run. This is not a team that is going to be you know, a national title contender this year and be gone next year. Now, anytime you lose a Luca Garza and a Jordan Bohannon, possibly a Joe Wieskamp, that is a significant loss. Do not let me understate that. However, what I'm saying is this is not like the situation where we lost Jared Utoff and those guys, and all of a sudden we were one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. That is not going to happen after these core group of guys leave, our big three leave. So that's my first takeaway. Second takeaway is the fact that 
these guys brought the energy off the bench, and Fran McCaffrey is not afraid to go to his bench to bring that spark in. And it was kind of, there was a message being sent, and it was specifically to Joe Wieskamp and C.J. Frederick, both of whom didn't play nearly as much as you typically see them play. For example, let's look at the minutes for our players against the Maryland basketball squad. It's a little bit telling. And what I mean by that is Joe Wieskamp, C.J. Frederick, both under or 18 minutes or less. Patrick McCaffrey, Keegan Murray both played more minutes than that. Again, that is that is Fran McCaffrey trusting his players to do what is needed to be done. And he felt like Keegan Murray and Patrick McCaffrey brought more off the bench than C.J. Frederick and Joe Wieskamp. He basically sat them the entire first half when the defensive energy just wasn't there. Maryland was getting up big. And Keegan Murray finishes 21 minutes, Patrick McCaffrey 18 minutes. And look at their box scores too. Keegan Murray, 12 points on 6 of 9 shooting, 5 rebounds, 2 blocks, 1 steal, a plus minus, a ridiculous plus minus of 30. Patrick McCaffrey, 18 minutes, 10 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 4 of 6 shooting, 2 of 2 from 3, 23 plus minus. CJ Frederick, Joe Wieskamp, CJ, 2 points, 1 of 3 shooting, 1 rebound, 1 assist, minus 2 plus minus. Joe Wieskamp, 6 Points in 17 minutes, four rebounds, three of six shooting, minus 11. Again, these are the guys we need to carry our team, but if they are not doing it, Fran McCaffrey is not afraid to put in a few other guys and able to go to our deep bench and get the spark that we needed. When you can go on a 20-something run with your bench players, that goes to show you how deep your team is and how strong your team is. He then ultimately put in Joe Wieskamp and CJ Frederick to start the game, left them out a little bit longer than you typically would see your starter stay in after that second half. But again, that is Fran McCaffrey being very intelligent about these lineup decisions. I've had a lot of issues with Fran McCaffrey's lineup decisions in the past. I haven't always been a big fan, but what he's doing right now seems to be clicking. Of course, easy for me to say I like it when it's working, right? It's always easy for me to say I like something when it's working, but the mental fortitude behind what he is doing, the fact that he decided to take Joey's camp and CJ Frederick out, and, and like I said, send a message. There's a reason they were not playing. And he wanted to say, you know what, you're not playing the way I want you to play. You're on the bench. And then the second half, he gives them more time to get stuff going. And they weren't able to really get a lot going, but they weren't bad. They weren't holding Iowa back per se. But then that is basically saying, you struggled, but here's my vote of confidence. You are still the starter. And I really appreciate that, what Fran McCaffrey is doing with that. I think it, it goes to show you just how smart of a coach Fran McCaffrey can be. And holy crap, holy cow, Keegan Murray is just so phenomenal on the defensive end, just bringing that energy. He's like, he's Nicholas Bayer now. And I, I think that's truly impressive that he's not afraid to play in the big moments, which is something that you don't always, you can't always say about a true freshman, especially a true freshman that people were not really that high on. Let's let's call a spade a spade. I, you know, I wasn't sure to think about Keegan Murray. I wanted to trust Fran McCaffrey, but it is tough when you extend two scholarship offers to twins who you've never heard of really before who weren't on really any recruiting radar and had to go to prep schools prior, it can be a little bit difficult to get behind that. But clearly, Fran saw something that we have not, and that is why we need to trust Fran in these decisions. Connor McCaffrey also did a good job of shooting, um, not typically his forte, but they were sagging off him quite a bit. He went 2 of 6 from the field, but 2 of 4 from 3, two huge threes in that game, finished with 10 assists against Maryland. And again, the, the big thing here is just I really liked what the bench was doing. Also, you know, when you have Keegan Murray, Aaron Ulis, uh, Tony Perkins against that, that Maryland squad, you know, they brought some energy in a couple minutes of that game. And I, I really appreciated seeing that happen. And 
they also got to finish out that game as well, which is, again, when you get up to big leads, you get a chance to get your younger guys a little bit more experience, but we've seen them be able to step up and play in moments and not be too small for those moments or those moments not be too big for them. So really, really enjoyed watching that, um, watching the resilience of that Iowa basketball squad to not give up after being down pretty big early in that first half. Coming up on segment number three, we're going to get into the Rutgers game and then go into more about the ceiling, or sorry, not the Rutgers game, the Maryland game, excuse me. Oh my gosh, the Minnesota game, excuse me. And then we're going to get into the ceiling of this team. That'll all be coming up on segment number three of the show today. Before we get into any of that, though, you know I have another message for you because I always have a message for you after our segment number two. That's right. One more message to give to you, and that is BuiltBar.com. That's right. BuiltBar.com is the best tasting protein bar on the market. It is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They're covered in all 100% chocolate, and they come in 18 phenomenal flavors. My favorites are pumpkin chocolate chip, mint brownie, I also really love cookies and cream. And then they also had a special flavor that just came out that's gone already, but it's, uh, I believe it was peppermint brownie or peppermint mint brownie, something like that. And it was, oh my gosh, it was delicious. But these bars are, again, great tasting, but also really good for you. So not only can you get a candy bar, but you can get a candy bar that actually helps you reach the goals you want to reach in terms of fitness, health, wellness, all those things. My favorite flavor is cookies and cream. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. It's what you need after either post-workout snack or even just a breakfast. If you need something quick on the go or if you're looking for something to keep you going throughout the day, grab yourself a Built Bar. Right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's right. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, y'all, and we are back for our third and our final segment of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast, breaking down the win over Minnesota. I know I apologize for messing up the name over and over again. For some reason, Rutgers just in my mind. Again, it's been a long weekend. I did have a chance to watch all the games. So I, I was I was involved and active in watching those games and, and you know, doing my analysis. Just haven't had a chance to talk about it. But Iowa gets a big win over Minnesota, and it was a win that you kind of felt like they had to get. And, and coming into this game, the spread was, you know, hovering between 9 and 10, and I basically said, I think Iowa's going to crush this because they're motivated. And initially, it looked pretty good, and then it started looking bad towards the end of the first half, and then it looked good in the second half, and then it looked bad when Minnesota cut that lead. But ultimately, Iowa gets the win. They win by double digits, and they get their fifth Big Ten win of the season, which moves them into second place in the Big Ten, right behind Michigan, which, to be honest, I'm not as worried about Michigan as maybe some others are. They've looked good, but they haven't had as strong of a schedule to this point. But Iowa gets that win 86-71, to 71, closes that out strong. And the story from this is the bench wasn't there. Keegan Murray struggled. He had three fouls early, um, only had 11 minutes of playing time, got four rebounds, was a minus eight for the day, which is the worst of all the Iowa Hawkeye players that played. Joe Toussaint only played seven minutes. Um, was a minus three, had one turnover, two personal fouls, and two points and two assists. Patrick McCaffrey, um, not as good of a day either. Four points, four boards, two of five shooting, minus two. Jack Nungy, um has been a really interesting question mark throughout the season because offensively, that's where he was supposed to be a, a star at, right? He Offensively, he was supposed to be the replacement for Luka Garza off the bench. And we saw that happen early in the season, but since then has really struggled. 17 minutes of playing time, three points, but 10 rebounds. 
That's huge. You cannot understate the 10 rebounds, second on the team in rebounds, but one of four shooting had a seven plus minus. But where this team really got going was the big three. The three guys you expected to be the top three players coming into this season, Joe Wieskamp, Jordan Bohannon, and Luka Garza, all scoring over 19 points. Luka Garza, of course, getting that 33 points, 13 of 20 shooting, five rebounds, three assists, one of two from three, and a plus minus of 20. Jordan Bohannon uh, just has been on fire lately, and we talked about it early in the season. It was frustrating to watch him continue to shoot the ball even when Iowa was down and he wasn't hitting it very well. Clearly off. But you let him shoot those out. Now we're Jordan. We're with Jordan Bohannon who is hot and on fire. 19 points, 4 of 7 from behind the arc, 14 assists, a career high there, and 7 rebounds. Just 3 rebounds away from a triple-double. And Joe Wieskamp shooting really well, 7 of 9 from the field, 3 of 3 from behind the arc, 20 points, 6 boards, 2 assists, and a plus-minus of 15. She did Frederick. Is a very, had a very quiet two points, two rebounds, two assists, a plus minus of 21. So in theory, he was probably, you know, the, the team was the strongest when he was on the court. But it's interesting seeing this happen again where what we're finding is Iowa's finding unique ways to win. It's not every night you just go to Luka Garza, which is, that's probably the most consistent option. But you cannot just win by just going through Luka Garza. They're getting everyone else involved. And they're winning either by Keegan Murray having a phenomenal game. Jack Nungy playing stellar defense. Um, you know, Joe Toussaint driving to the basketball. Connor McCaffrey hitting a few threes. Uh, but but lately we've been playing without C.J. Frederick being able to hit, the, hit his shot. And he's a big-time shooter who typically plays with a lot of confidence but hasn't been doing so as much lately. Whether that's because he's delegating that up or because he's not feeling confident, um, we'll be interested to you know, kind of watch over the next couple of weeks because if Iowa can get all those guys going, they can win a national title. Now, against some of these lower teams in the Big Ten, it's okay if not everyone's having a great game. But against some of the top teams like Gonzaga, you need everyone to be involved and be productive and be able to provide that spark um, in, in case you want in order to win. Now that being said, having a triple or big three of Joe Wieskamp, Jordan Bohannon, and Luca Garza hitting their shots that will get you pretty darn far. That can at least compete with a Gonzaga. But again, you want to see these guys all kind of have a, a big game. It's nice though that the fact that you know there's each night there's someone else who can step up. And take it away. A couple things I wanted to note from this game. Again, Keegan Murray got in foul trouble early. Um, Jordan Bohannon had that career high of 14 assists. Luka Garza was absolutely crushing Liam Robbins in the second half. And Liam Robbins, a Drake transfer, he wanted to go to the Big Ten because he wanted to play against some of the premier centers in college basketball. And he's getting what he wished for. Uh, he was doing all right in the first half, but defensively, which is what he's known for, was not able to slow down Luka Garza at all. And offensively, where Liam Robbins has maybe shined a little bit more for Minnesota this year, only 10 points, 3 of 10 shooting, and 6 rebounds. He did have 2 blocks early in the game, but Luka Garza started to get his, especially in transition. I really liked how Luka Garza was um, doing easy work of Liam Robbins in transition for the Iowa Hawkeyes. The minutes was very interesting again. Um, foul trouble definitely didn't help that. The fact that Keegan Murray got fouls early. Connor McCaffrey finished with four fouls in only 20 minutes. Um, Jack Nungy was the leader off the bench with 17 minutes. Patrick McCaffrey, 14. Joe Toussaint, only seven, uh, which I thought was, was very interesting. You know, he's the guy who is always expected to be that spark off the bench, especially defensively, but we haven't seen that as much lately, whether or not he's still kind of recovering from the ankle injury. I know he hasn't been listed really as questionable, but um, seems like, He's still struggling a little bit. Maybe uh, Fran McCaffrey just trying to work him in there. Maybe he's just really liking what he's seeing from Patrick McCaffrey and Jack Nungy off the bench, um, which could be the case, especially because we just we are so deep from a ball handler perspective. You don't necessarily need a Joe Toussaint on the floor 
at all um, or all the time. Now, what I really liked about this game, though, is the fact that, again, we saw the big three step up, whereas the Maryland game, we saw the bench step up. And this is, I actually think because of this, I actually feel a lot more confident going into the remaining part of our schedule where Iowa can be a national title contender. That game against Gonzaga, it feels like eons ago. And I truly believe Iowa can match up well with Gonzaga if they're playing the right game. And defensively, they're starting to get better. They're starting to play more consistent defense. And when the starters are not playing solid defense, Fran McCaffrey's not afraid to bring in the bench guys who bring a lot more energy on the defensive end of the ball and have been forcing a lot more turnovers than what we've typically seen um, Iowa do. Now, they're still having some issues closing out on three-point shooters. There's always going to be that. I mean, there was a play against, um, you know, yesterday against Minnesota where they left two guys wide open on the perimeter because they crashed down to get the, you know, the, I think it was Liam Robbins at the ball down in the paint. They crashed down and left almost everyone wide open. That is an issue. You can't allow that to happen, especially against a guy like Liam Robbins, who isn't as strong offensively. But Iowa's defense is getting better. Currently 72nd in Ken Palm, third overall and second in offensive efficiency. A couple other news notes from that game before I get into the ceiling of this team. Joe Wieskamp became the 50th men's basketball player to surpass 1,000 career points. Luca Garza becomes the all-time leading scorer for Iowa in Big Ten games. And Jordan Bohanna moves to seventh all-time in three-pointers. And if you look at it, they would have beat Minnesota, which they should have on Christmas Day. You don't blow a seven-point lead. They should be 12-1 right now. But they get Michigan State at home on Thursday, the 44th-ranked team in Kempom, Northwestern on the road Sunday. And as I said, Iowa's currently second in the Big Ten, right behind Michigan. And it makes it a little bit easier now that Illinois fell to Maryland at home. Wisconsin's 4-1 and and on the heels of Iowa, but hasn't played the toughest schedule, also lost to Maryland. And, you know, Michigan, Illinois, and Wisconsin, which are the three teams Iowa's really competing with right now for the number one spot in the Big Ten, they haven't played the hardest schedule. Now, granted, Iowa hasn't as well compared to the other teams in the Big Ten, but they played a harder schedule than those three teams, which is something I also find interesting. But the next four games for Iowa is huge. Right now, they're sitting at, you know, 11-2. and two. They have the opportunity to be 16-2 and two heading into a game versus Illinois. They have to take care of the games that are easier games. And there, no game in the Big Ten is easy except for Nebraska. But you still need to be able to take care of these games. And that's Michigan State, Northwestern, Indiana, and Nebraska, with Indiana likely being the toughest test there. But again, this team... It's showing me the things I want to see coming into you know the stretch of, of Big Ten games. They're fifth in net ranking. That was a quality win over Minnesota, a Q1 Quadrant 1 win. They're now 2-2 two and two in Quadrant 1 wins. Again, moving up to third in Kempom. Um, the AP rankings haven't came out yet, but they're likely going to be moving up in the AP rankings as well after getting multiple ranked wins. There's a basketball team, though, that you all should get on. If you're not on board with, you should be watching now. And, and leave the criticism of specific players off of Twitter. I, I know it's a weird tangent to go on, but um, every week we see a different player step up. And the week before that, that player might have been struggling. I know there's been a lot of criticism on Patrick McCaffrey. Um, there was some criticism on Jack Nungie. And I think it's okay to give constructive criticism or talk about it like on a show like this. Um, but also with the caveat that don't say they suck. Don't say they should never be playing. Um, Fran McCaffrey knows what he's doing. And the last couple of weeks has really impressed me with how he's managed this bench and found click the right buttons to make sure that Iowa can move and operate the way he wants them to move and operate. And each game we're seeing someone else step up. Now there's a lot of room for improvement across the board, but again, I really appreciated how he's 
push these buttons to help them step up. And if you're pissed off about someone doing something, try to not tweet at them. That is absolutely ridiculous. But that's my tangent for today. Hope you all enjoyed this show, the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Apologize for getting it out a little bit later today. Have a fantastic Monday out there, Hawkeye Nation. And let's go Hawks.